we have two choices, you know, for variety. Uh, we have jokes and we have poetry from Romy. Which one? Poetry. Raise hand. Okay. Which one for jokes? Okay, no, Rumi then. <laughs> I know why you like Rumi. Because we're not very roomy here. So <laughs> you're hoping for some room. I got Rumi. <laughs> okay, huh, boy, girl? Okay, now I read you some. Uh, the first one, or maybe I take two, or maybe just one. Yeah. Just to let you know that uh, Rumi practiced Quanning method, yeah? And lighting some. So I'm reading you some. Eh? Men's. What all research they have to do for the Persian, for the Muslim. <laughs> they don't even know this. Listen here. What hurts the soul is poetry name. We tremble, thinking we are about dis- to dissolve into non-existence. But... Non-existence fears even more that it might be given human form. <laughs> yeah, how suffer we have, huh? How much suffering we have. Okay. Loving God is the only pleasure. Other delights turn bitter. What hurts the soul to live? I mean, to live in human existence, eh? without tasting the water of its own essence. People focus on death and this material earth. They have doubts about soul water. Those doubts can be reduced. Use night to wake your clarity. Darkness and the living water are lovers. Let them stay up together. When merchants eat their big meals and sleep, their dead sleep, we night thieves go to work. Midnight, but your forehead shines with dawn. You dance as you come to me and curl by curl undo the dark. Let jealousy end. So, what hurts the soul? You know? Hmm? What can hurt the soul then? Did you understand the poem? Huh? To become a human. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right, baby. Mm. <sighs> what hurts the soul is to live, to live, yeah, in this uh, physical existence without tasting the water of its own essence. Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. What is the water of its own essence? Hmm? What? God, okay, fine. Okay. You know, he likened God into water. Why? Because to live without water, water, we, we die, no? So similarly, without God, we die. Huh? Okay. 
<sighs> but people, most of people, you know, focus so much, worrying about death and worrying about life. You know, the life that they know it like about material existence on this earth. So they have doubt about this so-called soul water, yeah, and living water, the, your own essence water. He means the enlightenment, eh? Yeah, God's essence. So these doubts can be reduced if you use night to wake your clarity. Means at night, we meditate just like what you're doing now. You're so wise. You see the difference when you meditate all night or not? Do you see something better? <laughs> your eyes become more open or not? <laughs> open the food outside. No, no. Do you feel any different? You feel better? Huh? You can live without sleep. You can live without sleep? That's what I, I feel. Yes? In the morning, you're fresh. Yeah. You just carry on as normal. Oh, really? How nice. Let's try it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad for you. Any of you feel like that? Yes. Do you comprend it? Yeah? Understand English? Or French? English better? Okay, good. My English is very simple. Even kids understand it. Okay, so who else feel the, 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 the same like he does? Raise hand. Good. And the rest don't or don't understand? <laughs> you know. <laughs> don't, understand en- don't understand English, right? You know what? Ah, oh, poor thing. Nobody translate? Yeah. Huh? And these two women stay here forever. Huh? <laughs> Okay. Somebody don't want to come here or don't have room? Hmm? There are some people who never come in here. There's some old Chinese guy I've seen outside sit always the same place. Nobody asked him to come in or something? Or don't care? Hmm? Tomorrow? You must change, okay? Let some people have a chance to sit in warm and comfortable carpet. <laughs> the green carpet even. Hmm. Okay. So, he likened us, the meditation people, like thieves in the night. Yeah. What do we steal? Hmm? What do you thieves steal <laughs> when you don't sleep at night? What do you steal? Blessing. Huh? Blessing. <laughs> steal some blessing. Huh? Steal some essence. Food for the soul. Yeah? That's it. He likened us to the thieves, go to work to steal the the merchant, the, the the property, yeah? That somebody else carelessly live laying around. <laughs> like the essence of God. It's about everywhere, but nobody wants to take it. So we thieves go to work. Huh? You thieves, you. <laughs> at night, at midnight, but your forehead shines with dawn, you know? Shines with brilliant light. That's what we see in meditation. Yeah? Hmm. Sometimes too bright, sometimes like thousand suns, sometimes like star twinkling, sometimes the moonlight, sometimes like daylight. Yeah? And sometimes sparkling, sometimes colorful, sometimes rainbow, sometimes Jesus, sometimes Buddha, sometimes Master, sometimes yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you're dead, you leave the body. You go up sometime and you see your body sitting there with the neck hanging like that. 
Just be patient and don't be afraid. Yeah. At the end, if you don't practice quanning method, you have to leave your body anyway. So might as well learn it now. Yeah. So when you die, you're not so shocked. Yeah. Where's my body? Where's my body? Too bad. <laughs> I cannot come back. <laughs> so now if we learn the art of dying, and when we die, we will live. Yeah. The Bible says, "Learn to die, so that you begin to live." Yeah. At the moment of dying, for ordinary people. You know, the unsinful one is like that. They leave the body, and then they might see the body laying there, and then they keep going further and further from the body. And that's how they die. So that's the experience of a practitioner dying while living. Yeah? Like uh, St. Paul said, I, I die daily. Is it St. Paul? St. Paul, right? Yeah, he said, I die daily. What mean by dying daily? What's he doing? Huh? Like that. Yeah? We leave our body. We go into the so-called nothingness, yeah? But in that nothingness is full of splendor, beautiful visions, light, music, love, yeah? Everything that we want, happiness, blissfulness, carefree, yeah? So nothingness is what we really want. That's what Buddha called the void, yeah? The emptiness, yeah. Okay. You see, undo the dark, eh? I mean, you sit in the darkness, but you won't experience any darkness after a while, yeah? Once by one, you uh, break the darkness, yeah? And bring light into your being and the surrounding and the world and the universe. Okay, one more poem. Very nice. Beautiful poem, huh? Rumi makes beautiful poem. Maybe when translated into English, it's not as beautiful, but in, in Persian, it would have been much nicer, right? Any Persian here? No, not again. He's gone? Um, You're Persian, love? I was born, I was born there. But do you know Persian? I can speak it. Yeah, okay. So is it nicer in... It's always much nicer in the original language. Just like you say, it loses... It. I hope I asked you about Persian. Did you read it? Okay, then just shut it. <laughs> it's always nice in original language. Everybody knows that. I'm asking you about Persian only. I just read the other. <laughs> I live in England also, Europe, the most of my life. I know everything about Vietnamese poem. Yeah? Okay. Uh, we should not lose the roots, you know? should not pretend to be too much European or too much English or whatever you are. Yeah? You're British subject. But you're born Persian, okay? I'm British, <laughs> but I'm Vietnamese born, okay? That's that, yeah? And you should know everything about where you came from. Understand? Yeah. Okay, this is another poem. Some kiss we want. Mm, what kind? <laughs> <laughs> he knows. <laughs> you know, worldly people like kisses and all that, so... <laughs> Like last time, some guys at night, you know, I love her, stay awake. <laughs> remember? <laughs> some poem I read for you before in Meli, remember? Yeah. Some kiss we want, yeah? What kind of kiss that the superior master like Rumi want? <laughs> some kiss we want, he said. There is some kiss we want with our whole lives, the touch of spirit on the body. Actually, the, the poem is cut into, you know, rhythmatic, but 
I have to read the whole sentence then. Yeah. Seawater begs the pearl to break its shell. And the lily, how passionately it needs some wild darling. At night, I open the window and ask the moon to come and press its face against mine. Breathe into me, close the language door, and open the love window. Nice, huh? The moon won't use the door, only the window. Yeah. Nice, no? Okay. What does he mean by the moon come by the window? Hmm? Mostly we... At nine, huh? we don't open the door, no? We just open the window, no? and we gaze out the window, and the moon is beautiful, no? Yeah. He means the window of the soul, yeah, the spiritual wisdom eye. And we can see the light of God then. The moon is likened to the light of God, no? come in the night, and so beautiful. The kiss of the moon, you know? <laughs> Kiss of the Spirit, that's what he wants, yes. It's so beautiful that I don't think we need to translate or maybe explain anything. Any any need? Any question? No, huh? Just enjoy, huh? The kiss we want with all our whole life even, whole lives, the touch of Spirit on the body, and the lily, how passionately it needs some wow, darling. At night, I open the window and ask the moon to come and press its, faces, its face against mine. Close the language door. Hmm? <laughs> language door. Open the love window. It's so clear, no? For us, the practitioner, yes. The language door, what's that? We normally always pray Oh, dear God, this, dear God, that. Do this for me, do that for me. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Or singing, uh, you know, uh, some hymns or some psalm or something like that. So he says, shut up, man. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? He just shut it. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> shut up. <laughs> Open the love window. Yeah, the moon only coming through the window. That means the light in the night, ne? The light in the night is a God light, yeah. Ah, the light shine shy in darkness, but darkness know it not. Remember that? Okay, now, no question, huh? Any question from that? You know what kind of kiss already, right? Huh? Yeah? Okay, then we don't need to explain, right? All you guys know how to kiss anyway, no? <laughs> this is a beautiful kiss, no? Different. Look here. This is another proof that Rumi uh, practiced Kuan Yin method. He's talking about the music, of the inner music. Here, I just saw it one. Hunt music. Musk and amber remind us of the air of sunrise when any small motion 
seems part of one elaborate, making the body's harp gets handed to the soul to play. What does it mean, the body's harp? Yeah, you know, right? Yeah. The body's harp is handed to the soul to play. The strings, rage, love, jealousy, or the wanting mix. The energy, music. Who tune this instrument where wind is a string? What kind of instrument that have wing? Wind for string, yeah? Okay. And Sham's eyes... Which in which a gazelle turns to stalk the hunting lioness. Well, see what I mean? Yeah? <laughs> music, energy, music. Instrument where wind is a string. Only the Kwanin practitioner know this, right? What kind of music instrument that have only wind for string? Yeah? I mean, have no string. Yes. It just plays by itself, and the soul play this instrument. So, is it clear enough to you guys that Rumi has practiced Kuan Yin method? Yes, it's clear, hey? Wow. I bet not many people know this, yeah? I bet some Muslims don't know this. Huh? If you don't practice Kuan Yin method, you will not understand Rumi's poem that much, right? Okay, now, that's it. Too serious now. Mm. <laughs> Kiss and love and <laughs> you want some joke? Or you want to meditate? Huh? Jokes. <laughs> what kind of practitioner? The one uh, person doesn't know Rumi's poem and the Kwaning meditator wants some jokes. You are good company, huh? Okay. Okay, I'm reading some. One guy go into the train and started screaming, Call me a doctor! Call me a doctor! Everybody, call me a doctor! So the guy sit next to him and asked, Are you sick? The guy screaming, Call me a doctor! Say, no, no, I just graduated from medical school. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one, huh? Yeah, he's too happy and excited. Call me a doctor, man. <laughs> <laughs> this one, go drink it. As the doctor completed an examination of the patient, uh, he said, I can't find a cause for your complaint. Frankly, I think it is due to drinking. No, the patient replied. I just graduated. Oh, no, sorry. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I jumped. <laughs> uh, sorry, I jumped. Okay, drinking. Okay. And we started again. Hmm. The doctor completed an examination of the patient and he said, I cannot find any cause for your complaint. Frankly, I think it's, it's due to drinking. The patient said, In that case, I will come back when you are sober. <laughs> when you're not drunk. <laughs> he mean the doctor's drunk. <laughs> Commitment. The man said, I would go to the end of the world for you. So the woman said, yes, but would you stay there? <laughs> Please. <laughs> so much for romance, huh? 
The next one, save her. A man was standing at the edge of the lake, and saw his wife flailing about in deep water. Unable to swim, the man started to scream for help. A trout fisherman ran up, and the man said, "My wife is drowning, and I can't swim. Please save her. I will give you a hundred dollars." So the fisherman dove into the water. In ten powerful strokes, he reached a woman, put his arm around her, and swam back to shore. Depositing her at the feet of the man, the fisherman said, "Okay, where's my hundred?" The man said, "Look, when I saw her going down for the third time, I thought it was my wife, but this is my mother-in-law." <laughs> the fisherman reached into his pocket and said, "Oh Lord, how much do I owe you?" Terrible, terrible. <laughs> This must be from Peter. <laughs> That lousy guy. <laughs> How much do I owe you, oh God? <laughs> Parrot. A black man. Hey, <laughs> How come? A black man walks into a bar with a large parrot on his shoulder. The bartender asks him, "Where did you get that?" In Africa, the parrot replies. <laughs> the parrot get the man from Africa. <laughs> We were thinking the black man would reply, but the parrot. I got him from Africa, I guess. <laughs> so cute. It's a good punch. Okay, ketchup. A woman was trying hard to get the ketchup to come out of the jar. During her struggle, the phone rang, so she asked her four-year-old daughter to answer the phone. "It's a priest, Mama," the child said to her mother. Then she added, "Mama, can't come to the phone to talk to you right now. She is hitting the bottle." What that mean? Ah, oh. <laughs> hitting the bottle. <laughs> that mean drinking, right? Yeah, but in this case, it's just hitting the ketchup bottle. So, <laughs> four years old, you know. <laughs> oh, poor thing. <laughs> Not supposed to drink, you know. <laughs> When the priest even come also talk to you. The next one is called did God did did God make you. A little girl is sitting on her grandpa's lap and studying the wrinkles on his old face. <laughs> she gets up, the nerve to rub her fingers over the wrinkles, and then she touches her own face and looks more puzzled. Finally, she asks, "Grandpa, did God make you?" "He sure did, honey, a long time ago," replies the grandpa. And the girl asks, "Well, did God make me also?" So Grandpa said, "Yes, he did, and that wasn't too long ago." So the girl said, "Boy, he's sure doing a better job now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> less wrinkle. You know? Politic clocks. Oh, what does all this mean? Politic clocks. I think I better wear a little bit of the glass. 
Otherwise, my eyebrow needs to get a more wrinkle, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Hillary dies and, and goes to heaven, where she meets St. Peter. She notices that there are clocks everywhere, so she asks St. Peter why. St. Peter tells her that each clock represents a person on earth and that every time a person tells a lie, the clock ticks off one second. St. Peter explains that the one clock has never moved because it belonged to Mother Teresa, and she never told a lie her whole lifetime. The next clock belonged to Abraham Lincoln, and since he only told two lies in his whole life, only two seconds had clicked. So Hillary asked St. Peter, where are the politics people clocks? And St. Peter says, those clocks are in the main office. We are using it to fan the facility. <laughs> it ticks like crazy. <laughs> you understand? Cool. How come you don't laugh so big? I like a big laugh. <laughs> the next one called Skeleton. This skeleton walks into a bar and says, I would like a beer and a mop. <laughs> they go right through, you know. <laughs> Understand? <laughs> Two goldfish were in a tank. One turned to the other and said, So, how did you drive this thing? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Next one. Accountability. A nerdy little accountant appears at St. Peter's Gate. St. Peter starts asking him all the usual questions required to get into heaven. The accountant, it seems, has repeatedly helped people cheat on their taxes and embezzle funds. Finally, in exasperation, St. Peter asks, Well, have you ever done anything good, any totally unselfish and altruistic in your entire life? Well... The accountant says, Once I saw this pretty lady being beaten up and about to be abused by a bunch of bikers. So I yelled, Hey, jerks, why don't you pick on somebody on your own size? And then I kicked all their hawks over, or six of them, and took off running. They forgot about her for a second, and she managed to run also. St. Peter asked, I'm looking through the book of your life and don't see this incident recorded. When it did occur, the accountant replies, about five minutes ago. <laughs> Too early to record. Next one, blonde. Okay, don't be offended. I'm one of those. <laughs> A blonde gets on an airplane and sits down in first-class session. Oh, I got it. I told this already somewhere. We don't bother. Oh, you want to hear? Yeah. All right, then. You didn't hear it. Oh, I can tell without reading. <laughs> <laughs> a blonde went into an airplane, bought an airplane, and sit on the first class section. And the plane is, you know, full. So the stewardess know she doesn't belong there. She go and check the ticket and tell the blonde, I'm sorry, madam, but this is not 
first class ticket. So you should move to the economy, please. This seat belongs to somebody else. So the blonde said, I'm blonde, I'm beautiful, I'm smart, and I'm going to sit here all the way to Los Angeles. <laughs> you know the joke, right? Oh, oh they, didn't, they didn't produce yet? Okay. And then the stewardess didn't know what to do. She called the captain. Yeah. So the ca- captain come and say the same thing. Please, madam, but you've got to move to the economy cabin because this is first class and you don't have a ticket for it. So the blonde say the same. I'm blonde, I'm beautiful, I'm smart. I'm going to sit here all the way to Los Angeles. Both of them so exasperated, don't know what to do. And they go into the, the pilot cabin and talk to each other, talk again, don't know what to do. So the co-pilot say, let me handle it. <laughs> he went out, whispered something into the ear of the blonde, and she immediately stood up, took her hand back, and went to the uh, economy cabin. And the stewardess and the captain was very astonished. You know, what did you say to her that make her move? I tell her, this uh, seat doesn't go all the way to Jamaica. (laughs) (laughs) Got it, huh? Mm. Twins. Mm. The blonde... (laughs) Oh, no, the blonde joke. The blonde had been married about a year when one day she came running up to her husband, jumping for joy. Not knowing how to react, the husband started jumping up and down along with her. Why are we so happy? <laughs> he asked. <laughs> the blonde said, Honey, I have some great news for you. Great, he said. Tell me what you are so happy about. She stopped jumping and was breathless. <laughs> and then from the jumping, and then said, I'm pregnant. <laughs> she gasped. The husband was ecstatic, as they had been trying for a while. So he kissed her, started telling her how wonderful it was, and that he couldn't be happier. Then she said, Oh, honey, there's more. Mm. And then he asked, What's more? Well, we are not having just one baby. We are going, going to have a twins. Amazed at how she could know so soon after getting pregnant, just <laughs> recently, you know, so early. So he asked her how she knew. So she said, it was easy. I went to the pharmacy and bought the two-pack home pregnancy test kit, and both tests came out positive. <laughs> Lucky she bought only two, eh? <laughs> Would have been a quadruped or something. I may have this joke already, but okay, who cares? A blonde went out to her mailbox and looked, closed the door, went back in the house. A few minutes later, she went out and looked into the mailbox again. She did this several times, and her neighbor who was watching her said, You must be expecting a very important letter today, the way you keep coming and going and looking into your mailbox. The blonde answered, No, I'm working on my computer, and it keeps telling me that I have mail. (laughs) I can't believe it. Can't believe they make fun about me like that. How do they know? (laughs) 
How do they know that <laughs> I do such thing? <laughs> I mean, I'm blonde, but I'm not that stupid. <laughs> okay, the next joke is a duplicate. Doctor, doctor, I keep thinking there's two of me. So the doctor said, one at a time, please. <laughs> The next one, Rooster, a blonde, <laughs> calls her boyfriend on the phone with a problem. What's the matter? He asks her. Well, I bought this jigsaw puzzle, but it's so hard. None of the pieces fit together, and I can't find any edges. <laughs> so he asks, what's the picture of? She re- replies, it's of a big rooster. He said, all right, I will come over and have a look. <laughs> when he arrives, she thanks him for coming over and leads him over to the kitchen table where she has it all laid out, you know, the puzzles. He takes one look at what she's been struggling with and says, oh, for Christ's sake, put the cornflakes back in the box. <laughs> The chicken outside, <laughs> outside the conflict, no? <laughs> There's some conflicts. Box have a chicken. No? <laughs> okay, the next one goes shrinking, shrinking. This guy comes blasting into the doctor's office and exclaims excitedly, Doctor, I think I'm shrinking. I think I'm shrinking. Oh, just settle down, sir, the doctor says. You are just going to have to be a little patient. <laughs> I don't understand this. Getting small, but why is he getting a, a patient? Then why is that you have to be patient? Oh, you have to be a little patient, okay. Oh, nasty job. Little patient, okay, yes. If he shrink, then he become a little, yeah? <laughs> okay, be a little patient, yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, thank you. Oh, you're more smart than I am. <laughs> See, what the effect the blonde have on me? <laughs> Even if just a fake blonde. A horse walks into a bar. The bartender says to the horse, Hey, buddy, why is it a long face? <laughs> The next one, they call the FBI. The phone rings at the FBI headquarters. Hello? And the answer is, I'm calling to report my neighbor. He is hiding marijuana inside his firewood. Thank you very much for the call, sir. The next day, FBI agents descend on the neighbor's house. They search the shred where the firewood is kept. Using axes, they bust open every piece of wood but find no marijuana. They swear at the neighbors and leave. The phone rings at the neighbor's house. Hey, Adrian, did the FBI come? Yep. Did they chop your firewood for you? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Great. Now it's your turn to call. I need my garden plow. Doctor versus 
mechanic. <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, a mechanic was removing the cylinder heads from the motor of a car when he spotted the famous heart surgeon, Doctor Michael De Becky, who was standing off to the side, waiting for the service manager to come and take a look at his Mercedes. The mechanic shouted across the garage, "Hey, De Becky, is that you?" Come on over here a minute. The famous surgeon, a bit surprised, walked over. And uh, Morris, you know, the mechanic straightened up, wiped his hand, and asked, "So, Mr. Fancy Doctor, look at this here work. I also open hearts, take the valves out, grind them, put in a new part, and when I finish, this baby will purr like a kitten. I mean, the, the car will be well, you know." So how come you get a big box when you and me are doing basically the same work? So the doctor, the Becky, leaned over and whispered to Morris, "Try doing it with the engine running." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can you believe that, huh? Operate a person while his heart still has to beat. Wow, that's something, huh? We take it for granted, but it's really a great job, huh? Because if his heart stops beating while operation, then the person dies, no? Wow, incredible, huh? Priests in vacations. Two priests were going to Hawaii on vacation, and decided that they would make this a real vacation by not wearing anything that would identify them as priests. As soon as the plane landed, they headed for a store and bought some really outrageous shorts and shirts, sandals, sunglasses, etc. <laughs> Are you laughing? <laughs> The next morning, they went to the beach, dressed in their tourist garb, and were sitting on a beach chairs, enjoying a drink, the sunshine, and the scenery. When a drop-dead gorgeous blonde in a bikini came walking straight towards them, they couldn't help but stare. And when she passed them, smile and say, "Good morning, Father. Good morning, Father." <laughs> She addressed them, you know, bowed to them each individually, saying that, and passed pass by. They were both stunned. How in the world did she recognize them as priests? The next day, when they went back to the store, bought even more outrageous outfits. <laughs> These were so loud you could hear them before you even saw them. <laughs> and again, <laughs> again. Settled on the beach in their chairs to enjoy the sunshine, etc., etc., sunshine. After a while, the same gorgeous blonde came walking toward them again. They were glad they had sunglasses because their eyes were about to pop out of their heads. <laughs> again, she approached them and greeted them individually. Good morning, father. Good morning, father. And started to walk away. One of the priests couldn't stand it and said, "Just a minute, young lady. Yes, we are priests and proud of it. But I have to know how in the world did you know? Oh, father, don't you recognize me? Take a good look. Now close your eyes. At the hat and gown, I'm Sister Angela." <laughs> Man. <laughs> That's really a good punch. <laughs> yeah, it's more dif difficult to recognize a nun, you know, with the hat and, uh, you know, 
the face cover almost half of it, yeah. <laughs> and the hair not shown anything. <laughs> Drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> More lousy jokes. <laughs> he added. More lousy jokes. From Peter, he said, "More lousy jokes." <laughs> it's not me or comment. It's him. <laughs> he made a joke on us. Titanic. The Titanic was sinking. One of the passengers, an Englishman, asked the captain, "How far are we from land?" The captain replied, "Two miles." The Englishman jumped into sea and called out to the captain, "Now, which direction?" The captain replied, "Downwards." <laughs> Two miles down there. <laughs> formula for water. The teacher said, "What is the chemical formula for water?" The pupil said, "H, J, K, L, M, N, O." Teacher said, "What are you talking about?" And the pupils say, "Yesterday you said the formula for water was eight to O. Eight to O from eight to O. Understand this? H I J K L M N O. He did remember." Teacher asked the student, "Now tell me frankly, do you say prayers before eating?" The student replied, "No, sir. I don't have to. My mom is quite a good cook." <laughs> She cooked you well. <laughs> Alphabet. The teacher said, "Can anyone give me a sentence starting with 'I'?" The student starts to say, "Is, yeah, no, I is." <laughs> so the teacher says, "No, no, always say 'I am.'" The student says, "All right then, I am the ninth letter of the alphabet." He want to say I is the letter, but she cut him off. <laughs> so he said, "Okay, I am <laughs> the ninth letter of the alphabet." He's so cute. <laughs> union trouble. A union rep was traveling the region, checking up on farmers who were suspected of paying employees below the award rates of pay for their various duties. One such farmer was introducing the rep to his various employees. This here is Harry," said the farmer. "He assists me with the milking and general farm duties. He's on four hundred fifty a week plus board and lodging. And this here is Jane. She's a trainee learning the ropes in the dairy. She works a seven-hour day and gets time out so for study. She's getting two fifty a week. Well, that sounds about right," said the union rep. "Is there anyone else?" "Yes," said the farmer. "There is the half-wit. <laughs> half-wit, stupid, no? He works around seventy to eighty hours a week, and takes home about fifty bucks a week." 
plus room and board. I will definitely want a word with him," said the rep. "Well, you are talking to him," said the <laughs> said the farmer. <laughs> yeah, the boss, you know, <laughs> the farmer is the boss. Sometimes the boss don't earn that much, and they always go on union on strike, but they doesn't know how much the boss have to pay. You know, tax and insurance and everything else, and he don't have much left. <laughs> so he considered himself half wit. <laughs> yeah, wow, poor farmer, poor boss. Okay, the couple. One day, a husband asked his wife, "Do you know the meaning of wife? It means without information, fighting every time." <laughs> The wife replies, "No, what it really means is with idiot forever." <laughs> coincidence? Teacher asks, "Can anybody give an example of coincidence?" The students say, "Sir, my mother and my father got." Both got married on the same day at the same time. <laughs> What a coincidence! <laughs> Next one. Three feelings. Feelings. What's the difference between stress, tension, and panic? Okay. Answer. Stress is when the wife is pregnant. <laughs> tension is when girlfriend is pregnant. <laughs> And panic is when they are both pregnant. <laughs> naughty, naughty, naughty joke. Bad joke. Yeah. Yeah. The next joke is teacher. She asks. The sarcastic teacher asks, "Is there any idiots in the room? Will they please stand up?" After a long silence, one student rose to his feet. Now then, Mister, why do you consider yourself an idiot? The teacher inquired with a sneer. The student said, "Well, I don't. Actually, I don't. But I don't like to see you standing up there all by yourself." <laughs> Join the club. <laughs> to a company. <laughs> the next one called a wedding. Attending a wedding for the first time, a little girl whispered to her mother, "Why is the bride dressed all in white?" Because white is the color of happiness, and today is the happiest day of her life. The mother said, "Keeping it simple." The child thought about this for a moment and then said, "So, when is the groom wearing black?" <laughs> Why, why is the groom wearing black? <laughs> He's not happy. Is he? Yeah, it's true, isn't it? <laughs> A black suit, black tuxedo. Yeah. Two women were talking, and and one said to the other, "If you are so fed up, why don't you give your husband a divorce?" The other girl said, "What? I have lived with him for ten years." 
And now I should make him happy? <laughs> Enthusiastic salesman. A new vacuum cleaner salesman knocked on the door on the first house of the street. A lady answered the door. Before she could speak, the uh, enthusiastic salesman barged into the living room and opened a big black plastic bag and poured manure all over the carpet. Madame, if I can't clean this up with the use of this powerful new vacuum cleaner, I will eat all of this mess, exclaimed the eager salesman. Oh, the lady asked, Do you need chili sauce or ketchup with that? <laughs> the bewildered salesman asked, Why, madame, why? The lady replied, Because this house has no electricity. <laughs> oh, gosh. Too enthusiastic, yeah. <laughs> You want some more? Yeah. Some more tico? Yeah, okay. Dream. A woman awoke excitedly on Valentine's Day and announced enthusiastically to her husband, I just dreamed that you gave me a pearl necklace, necklace for Valentine's Day. Oh, I think I got that. What do you think it means? With certainty in his voice, the man smiled and said, You know tonight. <laughs> So that evening, the man came home with a small package and handed it to his wife. With anxious an- anticipation, the woman quickly opened the package. Inside, she found a small book. The book is titled, The Meaning of Dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? <laughs> so it's good to buy books, huh? <laughs> Cheaper than diamond, huh? <laughs> Cheaper than pearls. <laughs> I have another joke, similar like that. Uh, at the anniversary day, you know, of the, their marriage, the wife said to the husband, Oh, honey, I dreamed that you gave me a diamond bracelet last night. What do you think about that? And the husband said, Tomorrow I tell you. Tomorrow you will know. Okay. And tomorrow morning, the husband, the wife asked the husband, So? What? The man said, Last night I dreamed I gave you a diamond bracelet. (laughs) 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 Very simple. (laughs) (laughs) Like your beard. A married man was visiting his girlfriend when she requested that he shave off his beard. Oh, James, she said, I like your beard, but I would really love to see your handsome face. So James replied, My wife loves this beard. I couldn't possibly do it. She would kill me. So the girlfriend said, Please, you know, in a sexy voice. (laughs) James said, I'm sorry, I can't. My wife really loves this beard. The girlfriend asked, Once more, he signed and finally gave in. That night, James crawled into bed next to his wife while she was sleeping, and the wife was awakened, turned toward him, felt his smooth face and said, Oh, Michael, you shouldn't be here. My husband will come home soon. (laughs) 
No wonder she loves this bear. <laughs> 65 and pregnant. A woman went to the doctor's office where she was seen by one of the younger doctors. After about four minutes in the examination room, she busts out, screaming as she ran down the hall. And all the doctors stopped her and asked what the problem was, and she told him her story. After listening, uh, he had her sit down and relax in another room. The older doctor marched down the hallway to the back where the young doctor was writing on his clipboard. What's the matter with you? The older doctor demanded. That lady is 65 years old, has four grown-up children and seven grandchildren, and you told her she was pregnant? The young doctor continued writing, and don't even look up and answer. Yes, but does she still have the hiccups? <laughs> Just like my dog, eh? <laughs> I keep yelling at him, You pee in my living room! <laughs> Did you pee in my living room? <laughs> and he looked at me, I didn't. What have I done? <laughs> Hearing problem. A man feared that his wife wasn't hearing as well as she used to, and he thought she might need a hearing aid. Not quite sure how to approach her, he called the family doctor to discuss the problem. The doctor told him that there is a simple, informal test the husband could perform to give the doctor a better idea about her hearing loss. Here's what you do, the doctor said. Stand about 40 feet away from her and in a normal conversational speaking tone, see if she hears you. If not, go to 30 feet, then 20 feet, and so on until you get a response. That evening, the wife is in the kitchen cooking dinner and the husband is in the front room. He says to himself, I'm about 40 feet away. Let's see what happens. Then in a normal tone he asked, Honey, what's for dinner? No response. So the husband moves closer to the kitchen, about 30 feet, and repeats, Honey, what's for dinner? No response. So the husband moves too closer to the kitchen, about 20 feet from his wife, and asks, Honey, what's for dinner? Again, no response. So he walks up to the kitchen door, about 10 feet away, and says, Honey, What's for dinner? Again, there's no response. So finally, he walks right up behind her and says, Honey, what's for dinner? His wife turns around and replied, I don't know why you keep asking. I have told you five times already. <laughs> Who is deaf, huh? <laughs> Oh, that's really cute. This title is The Boss. A guy phones up his boss, but gets the boss's wife instead. So she explains to him, I'm afraid he died last week. The next day, the man calls again and asks for the boss. The wife replies, I told you he died last week. The next day, he calls again and once more asks, to speak to the boss. But this time, the wife is getting upset and shouts, 
I've already told you twice. My husband, your boss, died last week. Why do you keep calling? The man replied, Because I just love hearing it. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Must be a bad boss, huh? Or a bad employee. <laughs> Italian girl. A woman goes to Italy to attend two-week company training session. Her husband drives her to the airport and wishes her a good trip. The wife answers, Thank you, honey. What would you like me to bring back for you? The husband laughs and says, An Italian girl. <laughs> the woman kept quiet and left. Two weeks later, he goes back to collect her from the airport and asks, So, honey, how was the trip? She replied, Very good, thank you. And what happened to my present? What present? She asked. The one I asked of you, an Italian girl? Oh, that, she said. Well, I did what I could manage, but we will have to wait nine months to see if it's a girl. <laughs> <laughs> Beware of what you're wishing for. <laughs> oh, lousy, no? This one called O.H. Two elderly people were living in trailer estates. He was a widower and she is a widow, and they had known each other for a number of years. One evening, there was a community supper in the big activity center. The two were at the same table, across from one another, and the meal went on. He took a few admiring glances at her, and finally he gathered up the courage to ask her, Will you marry me? Uh, after about six seconds of careful consideration, <laughs> she answered, Yes, yes, I will. The meal ended, And with a few more pleasant exchanges, they went back to their respective places. Next morning, he was troubled. Did she say yes or did she say no? <laughs> I think we got this before, huh? Okay. He couldn't remember. Try as he might, he just could not recall, not even a faint memory. With trepidation, he picked up the telephone and called her. First, he explained that he didn't remember as well as he used to. Then he reviewed the lovely evening past. As he gained a little more courage, he inquired, When I asked you if you marry me, did you say yes or did you say no? He was delighted to hear her say, Why? I said, Yes, I will, and I meant it with all my heart. Then she continued, By the way, I'm so glad you called because I couldn't remember who has asked me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> memory lost in different way. <laughs> who are you? <laughs> What are you doing here? <laughs> Why are you laughing at? <laughs> What are you laughing about? Okay. A man speaks fran frantically into the phone. My wife's pregnant, and her contractions are only two minutes apart. The doctor queries, Is this her first child? No, idiot, the man shouts. This is her husband. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am not her first child, am I? <laughs> Who is the idiot, huh? Oh my God! <laughs> this is her husband. <laughs> okay. The next one called "Put to the Test." An old woman who had three married daughters decided that she would test her sons-in-law. Three of them. Eh? So one day she was out walking beside the shore of a lake with the first son-in-law. All of a sudden, on purpose, she fell into the lake and started yelling for help. The first son-in-law immediately jumped into the water and dragged her out onto the shore. The next day, he found a brand new E-class Mercedes on his doorstep. Oh, very rich mother-in-law, huh? Okay. A card was attached with the wording, "Thank you, your mother-in-law, who loves you very much." Some time later, she was walking along the lake shore with the second-in-law, and again. On the purpose, fell into the lake and started yelling for help. The second-in-law, son-in-law, also jumped into the water and dragged her to the shore. The next day, he found a brand new E-class Mercedes in his doorstep, with a car attached, saying, "Thank you, your mother-in-law, who loves you very much." The third time this happened, she was walking with the third son-in-law and repeated exactly the same thing. But the third son-in-law didn't respond to her cries for help and didn't move a single step to save her. So the poor old lady who wanted to test her son-in-law sank to the bottom of the lake and drowned. Oh God! The next day, the third son-in-law found a brand new Rolls Royce on his doorstep. Attached was a note with the following words: "Thank you very much, your father-in-law." <laughs> Terrible! <laughs> oh my God! What a family! Mm. The next one got family problem. Two men. <laughs> Do I still look scholarly? Yeah. <laughs> Two men, an American and an Indian, were sitting in a bar drinking shot after shot. The Indian man said to the American, "You know, my parents are forcing me to get married." To this so-called homely girl from a village, whom I haven't met even once, we call this an arranged marriage. I don't want to marry a woman who I don't love. I told them that openly, and now I have a lot of family problems. So the American said to the Indian, "Ah, talking about love and marriages, I will tell you my story." I married a widow whom I deeply loved and dated for three years. After a couple of years, my father fell in love and married my stepdaughter, and so my father became my son-in-law, <laughs> and I became my father's father-in-law. <laughs> my daughter is my mother, and my wife is my grandmother. <laughs> How can that be? Okay. More problems occurred when I had a son. My son is my father's brother, <laughs> half brother, I guess, and so he is my uncle. <laughs> The situation became even worse when my father had a son. 
Now my father's son, I mean the brother, yeah, is my grandson. <laughs> Ultimately, I have become my own grandfather. <laughs> and I am my own grandson. And you think you have family problems? <laughs> oh yeah, it would become like that, right? <laughs> Letter from a husband to a wife. Uh, this husband is abroad, eh? and he wrote to the wife, Dear sweetheart, I can't send my salary this month, so I am sending hundred kisses. You are my sweetheart, your husband, Alan. His wife replied back after some days to her husband, Dearest sweetheart, thanks for your hundred kisses. I am sending you the details of the expenses. The milkman agreed on two kisses for one month's milk. <laughs> the electricity man only agreed after seven kisses. <laughs> he sent a hundred kisses, no? so she dispensed it. <laughs> Number three, your house owner is coming every day and taking two or three kisses instead of the rent every day. <laughs> Number four, supermarket owner did not accept kisses only, so I have given him some other items. <laughs> Number five, other expenses, 40 kisses. So I think <laughs> it's finished. Please don't worry, I have a remaining balance of 35 kisses, and I think I can complete the month using this balance. Please advise, shall I plan same way also the next month? <laughs> The next one, most dangerous food. A doctor was addressing a large audience on food and digestion. He said, The material we put into our stomach is enough to have killed most of us sitting here years ago. Meat is awful. Soft drinks corrode your stomach lining. Chinese food is loaded with MSG. High-fat diets can be disastrous, and none of us realizes the long-term harm caused by the germs in our drinking water. But there's one thing that is the most dangerous of all, and we nearly all have, or will eat it. Can anyone here tell me what food is it that causes the most grief and suffering for years after eating it? So after several seconds of quiet, a 75-year-old man in the front row raised his hand and said, Wedding cake. <laughs> <laughs> Almost the last one. Almost. The, uh, the near-lask, say, gone fishing. A man called home to his wife and said, Honey, I've been asked to go fishing up in Canada with my boss and several of his friends. I will be gone for a week. This is a good opportunity for me to get that promotion I've been waiting. Uh, so could you please pack enough clothes for a week and set out my rod and fishing box? We are leaving from the office, and I will pass by the house to pick up my things. And he said, oh, by the way, will you please pack my new blue silk pajamas? The wife thinks this sounds a bit fishy. <laughs> but being a good wife she is, she did exactly what her husband asked. The following weekend, he came home a little tired, but otherwise looking good. The wife welcomed him home and asked if he caught many fish. He said, yes, 
lots of salmon and even a few swordfish. But why didn't you pack my new blue silk pajamas like I asked you to? The wife replied, I did, they are in your fishing box. <laughs> Tell lie, you know. <laughs> if he did fish, he really would have seen the silk pajamas. <laughs> uh, this one called hearing problem. An elderly gentleman had serious hearing problems for a number of years. He went to the doctor, and the doctor was able to have him fitted for a set of hearing aids that finally allowed the elderly man to hear 100%. A month later, the elderly gentleman went back to see the doctor, and the doctor said, Your hearing is perfect. Your family must be really pleased yet that you can hear again. The gentleman replied, No, not really. Well, I haven't told my family yet. I just sit around and listen to conversation. And so far I have changed my will three times. <laughs> yeah, he wanted me to sing the whole song because in the television just short, you know. I don't think I can sing tonight. Oh, my voice gone into the jokes already. <laughs> it was very nice of him. Okay, shall we go now? Hmm? Okay, thank you for listening. Thank you. 2.12. The poor guy outside cannot listen a thing. It's too late, they don't turn it up. You don't turn the volume on, right? Love it. Okay. Good, good. I don't think they can hear very well. You know, the first row maybe, but second row, no. Okay, guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for watching. <laughs> huh? Oh, I'm sorry. You cramp up. Baby. You know you're right? Yeah. Anybody need a massage? <laughs> okay. See you. You want some cake, guys? Anybody? Huh? Anybody want some cakes? Go ahead. Gosh. Okay. You may have a little refreshing, then come back and meditate, okay? Yeah. And if you want some cake, you're welcome. There you are. Cake. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. See you. I love you. I love you. Sweet dream, baby. <laughs> For one, heaven love you and me love you. <laughs> <laughs>